Finally, it's f***ing over. Yep. It only took them nearly five months. Do you know how many days they met in five months of striking? Nine. Total. Could have just done nine in a row. They did five in a row, and that's what caused it to end. Crazy what happens when you get in the room to chat about it. Things get moving. Nick, you're back. <laughs> it's a weird Freaky Friday situation. <laughs> Let me tell you about the week I had. <laughs> uh, yes, he's back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we have interesting stuff to talk about on the show today. Big stuff. And as a result of the big stuff, we are once again in a continuous trend going to be a week late on news next week when they announce the day you're watching this what the terms of the new deal are, because yep. we know that's going to happen. The writer's strike is over, but we don't know the details. <laughs> we don't know the details, but when you're watching this, you'll know the details, and then we will have then in our real-world time at the moment, but the next show's not till the following Tuesday, and this is a continuous fucking trend we have to go through frequently with movie news. <laughs> we need more money for a daily show. Please help us, guys. We're dying here. <laughs> so if you're still tuned in after we said we don't know what's happening... Uh, <laughs> Really starting the show by telling people we don't know what's happening in the news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love it. <laughs> the writer's strike is over. The writer's strike is over! We can remove one of the links from the description now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, man. But yeah, th- that and uh, some other stuff to dive into, guys. How today's show is going to work. Uh, we're going to do the movie news section of our show where we have two main topics for you today. Two we'll- topics? <laughs> Where we'll dive into specifics of what's going on in the world of entertainment. Then we have some B-roll stories, which is similar to the news, except it's just a quick headline and some quick thoughts before we move on to the best section of the show. You already know what it is. So, Nicholas, with that down, what is the first main topic of today? Well, as you just said, the writer's strike is over, allegedly. Yes. The WGA and the AMPTP have formed a tentative agreement mm-hmm. uh, and have announced that they have formed a tentative agreement. Uh, we are just waiting for I's to be crossed and T's to be dotted. Yes. Yes, we are. <laughs> that was fucking good. I don't Thank know why you. that broke me. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, guys. If you watch the playback, you can see me processing how to say it. <laughs> I'm not cutting any of that. This is too good. But, uh, but anyway, guys. Um, yes. So you might be asking, Great, the strike is has a tentative agreement, but what is tentative? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. It means that they have to ratify the agreement. So um, on Tuesday, well, on the day you're watching this, you know, like we said, week late, <laughs> um, what's going to happen is the W, the head of the WGA West and the head of WGA East are going to look at the terms of the deal and they have to approve the deal. When they both approve the deal, they're going to send it to the WGA Guild for a vote. Mm. It has to get fifty percent plus one to pass doesn't need a whole lot and then it will be ratified once it's ratified it's over the only thing they're waiting on at this point is specific contract language that was agreed upon on the last day of negotiating that wasn't in the actual documents just yet Mm -hmm. that's why they say it's a tentative deal if the whole deal falls apart at the 11th hour on that tuesday we'll have to make an emergency video so fucking fast oh yeah we'll have funny yes yeah yes we love the virtual shit (laughs) but uh but anyway Um, The WGA did release a statement to its members after the whole deal was made, and I'm going to read you that statement now. Dear members, we've reached a tentative agreement on a new 2023 MBA, which is to say 
which is to say an agreement in principle on all deal points subject to drafting final contract language. What we have won in this contrast, most particularly, everything we have gained since May 2nd is due to the willingness of this membership to exercise its power, to demonstrate its solidarity, to walk side by side, to endure the pain and uncertainty of the past 146 days. It is the leverage generated by your strike in concert with the extraordinary support of our union siblings that finally brought the companies back to the table to make a deal. We can say with great pride that this deal is exceptional, with meaningful gains and protections for riders in every sector of the membership. Hell of a statement. We still don't know what what the deal entails. (laughs) But this is very exciting. Finally, it's fucking over. Yep. It only took them nearly five months. Do you know how many days they met in five months of striking? Nine total could have just done nine in a row they did five in a row and that's what caused it to end crazy what happens when you get in the room to chat about it things get moving it's unbelievable that it took this long Mm -hmm. i mean it's stupid really but i'm gonna remain positive i'm happy it's fucking over yes because my god this was getting aggravating Mm -hmm. and um you know this can once they get the sag strike done and everything we can finally move on and get things back rolling in the in the movies business and the Hollywood system, get things back on track, hopefully. But uh, this is step one. And um, as soon as this deal is ratified, we're going to see some people go back to work immediately. We're going to see some people still doing picket lines with SAG. But uh, they've officially said, stop picketing. Mm-hmm. So great job, yeah. writers. You held strong. You got a good deal, allegedly. We'll see what the points are. I'm so excited to go over the points. I can't wait to see what happens. Points will be good. Yes, but... Um, this is nothing but great news. Yes. And um, I'm thrilled about it. Pissed it took this long, but thrilled about it. What are your thoughts? No, same. I'm glad that they held strong, that they didn't give in, and hopefully they get points worthy of what they were striking for, which to let the strike go on this long, I would be surprised if there was very intense compromises made. Yeah. Um, And... I did see some language floating around saying that they are in solidarity. They've always been in solidarity with SAG, but mm-hmm. like affirming that to the studios, like we're not going back until you get the actors to. Yeah. So I am interested to see how that sort of mm-hmm. works after the fact as well. Um, how long the SAG strike continues. Yeah. I imagine it'll probably wrap up fairly soon, but you never know. Honestly, I give it two weeks. Yeah. Like, cause I have a feeling that this deal will be ratified by Tuesday or Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And then when that's done, I think next day, day of, studios are like, hey, SAG, you guys want to chat? Yeah. We got some movies to promote, goddammit. <laughs> Let's go. And- Move Dune back. <laughs> Move Dune back. <laughs> oh, my God. But, uh, but yeah, um, I- I'm hoping that it's soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would be the point of waiting? That'd be so weird. Yeah, no, I don't see a point of that. Yeah, that would be strange. But, yeah, listen, it's, it's, it's for a three-year agreement. Mm-hmm. I hope we don't do this shit again in three years. I hope they we can stay on top of it and get yeah. these deals going. But I am curious, like you said, to see how quickly long it takes for the SAG agreement. Mm-hmm. Um, what I will say, what I think will end up happening with the picket lines and the solidarity is I think they'll go back to work, but they won't cross picket lines. Meaning, if a SAG strike happens on a set, the writers won't cross it. Gotcha. That's what I assume is what's going to happen. Because mm-hmm. I know that one of the things they asked for in the agreement was um, being able to honor other union strikes because IOTC might strike next year. 
And they said, if that happens, we want to be able to support their strike. And allegedly, we don't know this yet. Allegedly, the studio was like, fuck you. <laughs> like, no. So we'll see. That's a tough one to compromise on. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, this is huge news. The strike has finally ended after nearly five months. What do you guys think about this? Are you excited that they're going to be back to work? And then eventually with the actors coming back, hopefully soon, we can really get things moving again. <sighs> this was exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Thanks for sticking through with us too, as we yes. gave you guys all the updates. Yeah, we, we tried could. to try to cover it as much as we could, as much for, as we could. for a once a week show. Yeah. So thank you. Um, let's move on to the next main story that we have for you guys, Nicholas. What's our next story? Our next story comes to us from Bloody Disgusting. You ready for this exclusive? Oh yeah. Miramax is currently taking offers from different studios for the rights to Halloween film and TV projects. This is fucking awesome. I'm not. I'm not going to mince words about this. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, Halloween recently did a killer run, money wise, with Universal and Blumhouse, mm-hmm. where they made three very successful films. Um, one of which I thought was really good. Some more than others. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Miramax has decided that after that contract is now over, that they're now going to shop around to the highest bidder of who wants the Halloween franchise and. Uh, People want that shit. Um, they've seen how much money those films have made, and they're putting their hats in. And interestingly, it's now coming out in many reports that Paramount is swinging for the fucking fences <laughs> to get Halloween. And and that makes perfect sense because Paramount has been crushing it with horror recently. They've recently even hired a bunch of new people to run their horror division. Mm-hmm. Smile, killer money. It's the Scream movies, killer money. They are crushing it with horror right now. Yes. And I think that they're like, let's get more of that. Let's do more of that shit, You mean please. we can make a $10 million movie and it makes 200 <laughs> Sign me the fuck up. Sold. Yeah, yeah. And smart of them to shop these rights around spooky season, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. But because um, I know that they're trying to also sell, not the same company, obviously, but Nightmare on Elm Street, they're trying to sell their rights, but apparently they're asking for so much money. And, really? And they should. They should until someone is, has enough money to buy it and realize how much money they're putting on the table. Am I the only one that's John Carpenter to come out and just be like, I want to buy the rights. No one else can do anything. Yeah, that'd be funny. I don't think he... I think his his recent turn on life is, I get money! I get to play video games <laughs> yeah. and money. And he's just a happy guy now. It, it It's interesting. Like, like you said before, just the three movies, the Blumhouse ones, did very well. Yeah. We go into the box office numbers a lot. The first Halloween made 25.5 times its budget. Now, granted, two and three had a dip to like six times their budget, but they also had production increases. They, they had higher budgets, and they were day and date. And not good. <laughs> and they still made six times their budget. <laughs> exactly. So it's like that's... Horror margins are ridiculous. That's all you need to know. Yeah. And if you ask me a reason why they don't want to re-up with Universal, I, I'm sure there's plenty. Like, I'm sure it's they, they want to stay creatively free. They want to get new ideas, new people around. I think that they might be a little bit salty about the day and date stuff. Mm-hmm. I would be, for yeah, sure. Most... Especially if the first one made 25.5 times that fucking budget. I'd be salty about it. Most studios were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, but uh, what I think this leaves on the table is for, like, a Paramount or anyone else to come scoop up these rights. Like we said, it's going to be more creatively freeing. They can do different experiments. I'm going to say a rumor right now. And I wanted to make very clear, this is not in any report. This is not officially confirmed by anyone. This is a rumor. A rumor. I've heard that Paramount wants to do a six-part miniseries that takes place in the same universe as Season of the Witch. (laughs) 
<laughs> the best Halloween movie. Which would be fucking incredible. I love Season of the Witch. But, and again, that's a huge rumor. Yeah. If it's true, if that's true, it makes me think that Miramax wants to take what they wanted to do with the Halloween franchise 50 years ago and to make it an anthology series, mm-hmm. which is why they did Season of the Witch in the first place. So I think it leaves them up to be able to be creatively free and do things like that. So I'm excited about this news. I think it's great. And uh, I look forward to see what they do with it. Yeah, but there's also the downside of all these studios buying it have streaming services. So are we going to get a shitty six-episode miniseries that gets dumped on Paramount Plus? Maybe. That's kind of also the downside of it, you know? Yeah, but I mean, but look at all the money they leave on the table by not going theatrical also. I saw a you know? great tweet earlier. I don't remember the the person's name, otherwise I'd, I'd give him credit. But they said... Uh, Dracula's public domain. Let's just put these puzzle pieces together. <laughs> hey, Paramount owns Scream right now. They won't do it. Are we going to get to Alien versus Predator territory, <laughs> but it's Michael Myers versus Ghostface? No, okay. <gasps> Listen. But then Ghostface is, is the doctor of Halloween. <laughs> yes. No, Ghostface is the guy from the third one. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. No, okay. No, no, no. How about this? Yeah. If Warner Brothers were to sneak in and get these rights, Evil Dead, and you get Michael Myers versus Ash Williams. <laughs> or Ash from the remake, or the one from the new movie. Yes, yes. The possibilities are endless. Yes. Okay, and yeah. quick side tangent, yeah, yeah, yeah. now that we've fucking brought this up, yeah. this makes me hot every time I think about it, Nicholas, and I need to run it by you. This makes me equally as hot as not calling Evil Dead 3 the medieval dead. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for this? Yes. The original sequel plan to Freddy versus Jason was going to be Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. So much so that there was an outline for a script and they were making contracts with actors. Mm-hmm. And Bruce Campbell, rightfully fucking so, said, Hey, the whole point of my dumbass character is that no matter the circumstances he's in, he survives. Yeah. So even if he doesn't win the fight, he can't die in the movie. That's just part of his appeal. That's part of who the character is. Mm -hmm. And they couldn't guarantee they wouldn't kill Ash. So he said, no, I'm not going to do it. That would have been such a good movie. We were this close. And guess what they were going to do? They were going to say that Jason was a deadite. Oh, that's good. And it makes so much fucking sense. (laughs) It would have been an amazing movie. I'm still hot about it. I mean, you can do all sorts of things because Michael Myers is the possession of evil. Yeah, if you bring in Michael Myers into that, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Oh, wait, it was Freddy versus... Yeah. Sorry. It's okay. I'm still on Halloween. Listen, bring them all. Bring them all. Bring them all. Leatherface, let's fucking go. Leatherface versus Ash, chainsaw to chainsaw. You don't want to see that shit? I do. <laughs> I, I do. This this reminds <laughs> me of another tangent. Um, I, I was on a flight recently, and I just have to share this. I didn't share this with you. I forgot to. Okay. You know you download movies and stuff like that, right, mm-hmm. for the flight? There was a person... I was on the aisle... And there was the person across the aisle, one in front of me. So I could see their screen perfectly. Mm-hmm. We get down on this plate, right? I see this guy's excited. He puts his headphones in. He does one of these moves, right? He's like, let's do this. Hits play. I see a title card. Alien versus Predator Requiem. <laughs> <laughs> and then for the next two hours, I had to watch this man <laughs> just go through it. And just the process of just. It was his first time watching it? It looked like it. I don't know. It was a stranger who I just felt bad for. Yeah. And I just had to watch him just slowly like, oh, I'm on a plane. (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't have anything else downloaded. Like yeah. it's this or watch this. it's this or staring blankly into. <laughs> and man, what a movie that was! You want to know what my favorite plane experience was? Watching a movie, huh. I knew what I was doing, but I was so bored on this flight. It was an international flight, nine hours. Mm. I was in the middle between two elderly women, middle seat. Fifty Shades of Grey. Better. (laughs) Guess what I decided to watch on Hmm. the seat in front of me, in the middle seat, in between two elderly women. Oh, it was on, like, the the screen? What? The Wolf of Wall Street. (laughs) It wasn't censored on the plane? No. Really? And if you want to talk about not wanting people to speak with you, click play on a movie and have the opening shot be Leonardo DiCaprio doing coke out of a hooker's asshole. They didn't say a goddamn word to me, and it was brilliant. <laughs> That's all you need. That's all we needed. Jeez. What a movie uh, choice. Yeah. It was a three-hour movie. It was a long flight. I'm like, this will kill some time. This will kill three hours. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Halloween has sold their rights. That's what we were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> they're selling their rights. Yeah they're, good. yeah, they're trying. And I'm excited. I think you're excited, too. We'll see. Cautiously optimistic, as we say. Cautiously optimistic is right. I hope Kevin Feige gets some. What do you think about Halloween selling its rights? (laughs) Werewolf by Night versus Michael Myers? Yes. (laughs) Oh, Jesus, fuck. Let us know in the comments what you think about Halloween selling. I'm excited. I think it'll lead to money, and that's really all I care about. Yeah. So next is the B-roll section of our show. What's the B-roll? I'm glad you fucking asked. It's basically the movie news section, except we take headlines and just do that. Nicholas, what's first up on the B-roll? Hey, here's something to smile about. Fuck you. Smile 2 is heading to theaters Halloween 2024. Hey, yo, we finally got confirmation. We knew it was coming. Yeah. And of course it was going to theaters after that crazy successful first film. Have you seen it yet? No. It's... Solid. It's on Paramount Plus. I'm gonna watch it. I know a lot of people really enjoyed it. I liked it. Okay. Um, I think the creature design at the end. Spoilers. Um, was one of the coolest creature designs I've seen in a hot minute. Really. Um, coming out of a horror movie, so I was all about it. Um, but I thought it was fine. It kind of reminded me of It Follows, which I wasn't a big fan of. Just that sort of slow drawn atmospheric horror. Yeah. Uh, but not a bad movie. Okay, very cool. What you got yeah. next for us on the B-roll? Uh, this one's not really a story. It's more of a public service announcement. Uh, all three seasons of Ash vs. Evil Dead will be on Hulu October 1st. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have never watched Ash vs. Evil Dead, it is one of the greatest TV shows ever made. Well, one, watch Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Medieval Dead, <laughs> and then the show. Yes. Even if you've never seen an Evil Dead movie, I, I think you could hop in and you could, enjoy yeah. it and be introduced to that world. It's a fantastic series, available on Hulu, October 1st, just in time for fucking spooky season. Do yourself a favor, watch the fucking show. It's amazing. Yes. It's amazing. And uh, with all of that down, let's move on to the box office. The box office. Section of our show. And um, I actually have what Hannah and I's predictions were last week. Give me one second. All right, so Hannah's predictions were Expendables 4, None 2, Haunting in Venice, Equalizer 3, Dumb Money. Stupid. My picks were Expendables 4, Haunting in Venice, None 2, Equalizer 3, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. I was also stupid. 
Uh, we're both wrong. Surprise, surprise. Uh, this box office is actually quite funny. Uh, and these are the final Monday numbers, by the way. Coming in first for the third week in a row, the Nun Two, <laughs> making eight point five million dollars. That's crazy for a movie that had that low of a cinema score. That's crazy. That's good. Coming in second, Expend Affordables, making eight million dollars in its opening weekend. Eight. Mm. Oof. <laughs> Coming in third was A Haunting in Venice, making another $6.3 million. Coming in fourth, The Equalizer 3, making another $4.7 million. And coming in fifth, fucking Barbie, once again, making $3.2 million. It's unstoppable. Was that with the IMAX re-release? I don't think so. No? I think okay. that's coming up. Gotcha. Yes. Um, yeah, that's the top five. Um, however, I want to say Dumb Money in only 600 theaters made $2.4 million, which is pretty good. For just 600 theaters. Uh, I'm curious to see how that's going to do overall. Is that going to go wide soon? This weekend. Okay. All right. Let's break down some of these numbers, shall we? The Nun 2 has crossed $200 million worldwide on a budget of around $38 million. You know how earlier in the show we were talking about how horror is doing great? It is. It continues to do so. It's going to squeak its way to profitability. It's just, you know. Just barely just make barely. it. barely. Yeah. Uh, let's skip Expendables because we're going to dive into that more later. Let's do A Haunting in Venice. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a worldwide total of $71 million uh, on a budget of around 60 I think. So, we'll see on that one as well. Uh, Equalizer 3 has now made $148 million. It's going to cross 150 shortly, also on a budget of $60. it will Now, that might actually squeak its way to profitability. It might just be slightly under. But I don't, still don't think it's anything to sneeze at considering the the uh, recovery of the box office at this moment. Mm-hmm. And Barbie, of course, $1.427 billion. It's an unstoppable machine that keeps winning. Good and you got to respect it. Good movie. And I'll dive into my Big Fat Greek Wedding 3 also. Total worldwide, <laughs> $31 million so far on a budget of probably well, like 20-something. I think we said 15 to 20 is what yeah. we found. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. And I also want to jump down to Oppenheimer. Uh, it's now at a worldwide box office total of $926 million. Probably end its run somewhere around 950 Certainly not a Floppenheimer. Ha 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 ha. You know someone had that headline ready to go and was so hoping that it yep. would fail. Yep. They had their whole career writing on that. Yeah, me. <laughs> I can only make this joke now because it's so close to a billion. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. So let's let's dive into The Expendables, shall we? The, the whole franchise. Uh, Let me kind of pull up how the other films did for you. The first Expendables movie, which I believe came out in 2010, had a production budget of $82 million, had an opening weekend of $34.8 million, and had a worldwide total of $268 million. Profitable. Profitable. Expendables 2, 2012, I want to say. Production budget of $100 million, slightly more. Opening weekend of 28.6 slightly less worldwide total 311 slightly more profitable profitable absolutely expendables 3 i want to say it was 2014 15 production budget 100 million same Mm -hmm. as 2 opening weekend 15.9 slightly low again worldwide total 209 not profitable also leaked also leaked heavily let's get into expendables 4 so and we, then we can kind of use this to predict how the film is going to do. Yes. Yes. The opening weekends go as follows: thirty-four, twenty-eight, fifteen. Well, the trend continued, 
as Expendables open to eight. And um, on a production budget of $100 million. And you said it looks cheaper than the other movies. Yes. So prices went up on Stallone and Statham. Correct. Wow. I didn't know that that was the budget of the film. That's rough. Um, That is rough. Uh, Worldwide, it has a total of $21 million. It's made 0.2 times its budget. It's not looking good, Chief. Um, no. I would I would be surprised if this even hits a million worldwide. A uh, hundred million, excuse me. Mm-hmm. It's not looking good. Um, yes, and it's unfortunate because I think the franchise had potential that peaked with its second film. Yeah. As the box office also reflects. But but yeah, them's, them's the breaks on the Expendables franchise, guys. You hate to see it. You really hate to see it. it fall is from a shame. grace. Yeah, huge fall from grace. With that down, though... You want to do predictions for next week? Let's do it. What comes out? The Creator. And it's Saw Patrol, isn't it? Saw Patrol Week? And Dumb Money Goes Wide. Oh. Woo! Oh, it just got interesting, dude. Oh, I wasn't here last week, so you go first. Hold on, hold on. Let me make sure that Saw Patrol is this weekend. I'm pretty sure it's this weekend. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to do something that's not smart. I'm going to okay. go with my heart, which you should never do when it comes to the box office. <laughs> Hit us with it. Huh. Number one, The Creator. I have to manifest it. I have to manifest the creator opening to number one. Number two, fuck it. Saw X. Okay. Number three, Paw Patrol, whatever it's called. Uh huh. Number four, The Nun 2. Number five, Haunting in Venice. No dumb money going wide ah fuck i'm gonna replace haunting in venice with dumb money (laughs) (laughs) there he is so read it back to me again let me make sure i didn't fuck up creator saw x paw patrol none two dumb money all right i like it you like it all right that was stupid i know my mistake immediately i put us put saw x at number one but go on yep i'm going saw x (laughs) i'm going the creator okay can you do you still have the numbers up? Yeah. What did the first Paw Patrol movie make? Thirteen. Okay. Paw Patrol three. Yep. Yeah, Paw Patrol three. I'm gonna go Dumb Money. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go None Two. Shit, dude! I, I think you fucking nailed it. So to read it back, I have Saw X, The Creator, Paw Patrol, Dumb Money, None Two. Fuck. Buddy, I think you fucking nailed it. We'll I see. Think that's it. We'll see. Damn. I, I I had to manifest creator opening first. I had to do it. It's not going to happen. I've heard Saw X is good. Dude, I've... Uh, fuck what I've heard. The marketing alone is making me go watch <laughs> the movie. And I've only seen the first Saw and Spiral, so... And it takes I'm place glad. in between Saw and Saw 2. So you're good. So I know. It's great. Wow. What a fun day. What a fun day. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you know what I just realized? Hmm. Now that the strikes are ending, we're going to get a huge influx of movie news. This is great for the show. <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> this is great for the show. Uh, uh, but yeah, um, that'll be it for the show mainly, guys. Do you have anything you want to add, Nicholas? No, as always, uh, links to our social and the audio version of the show can be found in the description. I'll also throw down our reviews for Expendables 4 and Dumb Money if you haven't already checked them out on the channel. Yeah, and with that down, I've been Dalton Burdett. I've been Nick Iricchio. And we'll see you on the next episode.